conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio addressing the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. Today, we'll continue reviewing some of the developments in the election integrity battles in this country, as well as what's happening with communist China. The Chinese Communist Party, as you probably know, has been accused of committing cyber attacks against the U.S. on and around Election Day 2020, intercepting and flipping votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden, their preferred candidate. There are a few other things in the news I also want to touch on, including what authorities say was the accidental killing of a cinematographer and wounding of the director on a New Mexico movie set by left-wing actor Alec Baldwin, who was also the producer of the movie. And the successful alternative medical treatment of COVID-19 with the drug ivermectin. So let's get started. To lead off... MyPillow.com CEO and election integrity warrior Mike Lindell is urging everyone to get the the word out about his upcoming telethon on election integrity. I understand the telethon will last four days and will begin at 9 a.m. Central Time the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. That's November 23rd and be broadcast worldwide on his website, frankspeech.com. That's F-R-A-N-K-S-P-E-E-C-H.com. Liddell says the telethon will present critical evidence detailing widespread and highly organized election fraud that occurred around the nation on and around Election Day 2020. And this telethon will coincide with a lawsuit to overturn the 2020 election that Liddell and supporters intend to file with the U.S. Supreme Court. I heard Lindell say the telethon would last four days, but some media reports are saying three days. We'll keep you updated. Be sure to tune in as often as you can during the telethon to get information Lindell is presenting about the 2020 election so you can decide for yourself about what actually happened. It's Lindell's hope the high court will agree to consider his case, but I have my doubts, especially considering the cowardice of the majority of justices on the court in refusing to consider earlier challenges to the election, despite the mountain of evidence. Although, the, of course, the mainstream media mouthpieces for the political left are disparaging all this. <clears throat> Those of us involved with and following the election integrity battles across the country have no doubt that 2020 election was stolen and the theft and corruption was well-organized, involving both domestic and foreign actors. We also witnessed the massive cover-up that's taken place to dupe the American public into going along. If you love and believe in this country, you know what grave danger we are in as a nation today if these election results are certified as certified are allowed to stand. One of the stalwarts in fighting the, to uncover the election fraud in the key swing state of Arizona, the first state in the nation to conduct a full forensic audit of the 2020 election, uncovering shocking fraud there, is Arizona State Senator Senator and retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Wendy Rogers. Here's some audio from an interview posted on the Gateway Pundit website, October 18th with Rogers, about the audit and what needs to be done in response. You will hear Senator Rogers direct you to her website, wendyrogers.org. That's W-E-N-D-Y-R-O-G-E-R-S dot org. 
where you can sign the petition and join more than a million other Americans demanding that the 2020 election results nationwide be decertified. Play soundbite one, please. Uh, you know, uh, speaking from the Texas side, uh, Senator, we don't want to see this happen to Arizona. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're just inundated here in Arizona with uh, illegal immigration. Elections have consequences and stolen elections have worse consequences. Uh, we're the only state that's done a deep dive uh, cyber forensic audit of 2.1 million ballots. As many of you know, we had the final hearing on that on the 24th of September. It's now in the hands of our Arizona Attorney General Brnovich, and I have been uh, writing uh, heard very strongly on him to make arrests. We uh, have imagery of three different individuals who deleted data. Uh, this is uh, evidence that was put forward on September 24th. Uh, there is a hue and a cry uh, for accountability, and uh, we want arrests made. We want to uh, proceed with getting to the bottom of the truth of 2020. Yeah, I mean, we all want to get to the bottom of that. Uh, but it seems like we're the only ones. Uh, nobody in the media wants to, to get to concerned about it. So, uh, Senator, what can we do? What can the rest of the people watching this program? Is there anything we can do to help Arizona uh, when it comes to putting some pressure to get this stuff looked at in a deeper, more serious way? Absolutely. You can uh, contact Arizona Attorney General Brnovich and tell him uh how strongly you feel about him following through on the evidence that he has. Uh, you can also, if you would, please go to my website, which is my name, wendyrogers.org. Wendy, like the hamburgers, Rogers, like Mr. Rogers.org, wendyrogers.org. And on the landing page in the upper right corner, click on the link that says you want to sign to decertify the presidential election of 2020, you will be joining over 1 million Americans who've already signed at wendyrogers.org. Also, uh, I have put out a, a letter. Uh, we call it the Audit 50 States letter uh, that we need every possible state senator and state representative from all over the nation to sign uh, to recall the electors in their state. We already have had over 100 state senators and state representatives sign this Audit 50 States letter. Uh, please communicate to me through team at wendyrogers.org. And again, folks, this is based on the fact that in the U.S. Constitution, the founders gave the state legislatures, the plenary power to oversee the U.S. presidential election. And so it is up to state senators and state representatives to understand what their role is when they took their oath uh, to uh, sally forth and be strong. Every state needs to have a few. So if you out there listening know that there are one or two state legislators in your state who are strong for election integrity. You need to tee them up, introduce them to me through team at wendyrogers.org, and we will get them signed up. Don't send me any wishy-washy people. I only want strong, resolute state legislators who understand that we are on a very precarious precipice right now in this country. Yeah.
pro-Trump lawyer and former federal prosecutor Sidney Powell is another prominent figure in exposing the rampant fraud in the 2020 election. Because of her declarations that voting machines and or the other voting equipment they are connected to are inherently vulnerable to hacking and were actually hacked and votes were manipulated in 2020, Powell is being sued for billions of dollars by Dominion and Smartmatic election equipment and election management companies along with Mike Lindell and others who have dared to make these allegations. Lawyer Lynn Wood, who says he knows the lawyers in the law firm bringing these lawsuits, has said he believes Microsoft founder Bill Gates is paying for the lawsuits. Undoubtedly, with all the people they're suing, it's going to cost tens of millions. Why exactly Bill Gates is doing this is unknown at this time. However, he has been a longtime Democratic uh, Party supporter and a big backer of communist China. So is it too surprising? Anyway, Powell has recently posted on her website, DefendingTheRepublic.org, a short video clip of a computer programmer testifying before a congressional hearing in 2004 about how he had developed a computer program to rig elections and which could not be detected. In the audio segment we're about to play, Powell is being interviewed by Brandon House on FrankSpeech.com recently about the fact that she's uncovered patents by the U.S. Department of Defense – and other agencies, I believe, of the U.S. government, at least one of that I heard of, I think it was the Department of Health or something. I'm not sure. Health user services? I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, and these patents allow electronic interference. These are, these are patents for programs which allow electronic interference in elections and manipulation of votes. While we don't know exactly just who are the perpetrators in the many allegations of fraud in our elections in 2020, Powell says it appears that here in the U.S. alone, our elections have been hacked and manipulated since at least 2000. The full video of this interview can be seen currently on Powell's website, again, defendingtherepublic.org. Powell points out it's almost impossible to detect these programs and states that the only way to ensure that our elections are free and fair and legal is to get rid of all the electronic voting machines, go to use of paper ballots only, and impose strict voter ID requirements. Please play soundbite two. We had you on the other night. We don't normally get you back quite as quick, not because we wouldn't have you on quite as quick all the time, but you're so busy and in so many, on so many shows, we try not to clog up your schedule too much. But I reached out to you and said, oh my, there's so much going on, particularly because last night we had Seth Ketchell on, and Seth said, I think you need to get Sydney back on. Uh, I think she's got some breaking news. And you also sent out an email alert today. You do have some breaking news tonight, right, Sydney? Yes, we sent out two email alerts. One has uh, the contents or some of the contents of the government patents that I believe we discussed briefly last week that show that Back in starting in at least 2003, the government itself developed an interest in and funded patents that will both real time audit an election, allow them to manipulate the votes in an election and inject false voters and false identifications for voters, as well as generate an algorithm that can predetermine uh, the results of an election, depending on the way they want it to come out. Um, 
and those are at defendingtherepublic.org. You can go there to sign up for our newsletters, and the full patents are posted on the website now. So that was a 2006 DOD patent, correct? Yes, the the patents were actually issued, I think, in 2006 and maybe one in 2009, but they were applied for and provisional patents were granted much earlier than that. And the research probably began much earlier than that, too. And then we've also identified, thanks to some patriots who brought it to our attention, video that was done back in 2004 of a man who actually testified in front of a House Judiciary Committee field meeting in Ohio about having written an algorithm himself in the year 2000 at the request of a person in Congress who wanted an election rigged. So this has been going on a long time. What I find especially troubling is that it's been brought to the attention of officials. I'm I'm documenting now a number of times that people in positions of authority have been notified of this and done nothing about it, turned a blind eye to it, The only conclusion we can draw from that is that politicians, uh, business leaders, uh, global titans, corrupt government officials, whoever you want to call it, whatever it is, a large group of they out there have known this for a long time and have been using it to manipulate our elections as far back as the year 2000. So this has been going on for 21 years. Exactly. And the, it, it's, you know, undermining and completely destroying the will of the people. It's rendered our entire election system a farce. And I have to disagree with Mr. LaRock if he thinks he's going to get any kind of fair election here, because both the man who wrote the algorithm and others have told us it's next to impossible, next to impossible to find the code. You would have to get in there very quickly after the election, before anything could be wiped, rearranged. And and the man who testified in 2000 said it was even possible to build a code so that it ate itself and disappeared. Oh, wow. Now, we played that eight-minute clip, uh, but that's really just a, a trailer for a longer documentary, right? Yes. The documentary, I think, was produced back in uh, 2006 or 2008, And we've got the whole thing loaded up to our Rumble channel and our website also. And the name of it, the full name of it escapes me, but there's a website that we link to that has the name of the actual documentary and the people who made it a long time ago. And it simply hasn't received any attention. In fact, we had to dig and dig to find all of it. Is that linked on your website? It is, defendingtherepublic.org defendingtherepublic.org. So in the eight minute piece that we played tonight, someone came out and announced in that eight minutes after we heard him speaking that they had put that guy under a polygraph and he passed it, correct? Yes, that is correct. What what is that gentleman doing today? Uh, We have not located him yet. I I believe he's retired. He might have uh, actually run for Congress in the year 2000 on the on the blue ticket. Uh, But the day he filed his affidavit with Congress that attested to everything he had uh, testified to orally, he went home and found his dog had been shot. Whoa. That's a little bit of a warning. Yes. 
And I would encourage everybody to watch the documentary and the shorter clips of it, too, because there's an even more troubling story in the documentary. Can you tell us what that is? Uh, A person who was investigating it uh, was found uh, out of state in an unexpected uh, suicide situation. Hmm. Let's do you have anything new you want to mention before I ask go go over something you mentioned the other night? Do you have any other new information tonight? That that's everything for now. We're going to be putting out more in our newsletters this week. Uh, we're working as fast as we can to get a lot of this information out because the American people need to know that our elections are and have been a farce for some period of time. The will of the voters is not being reflected in the elections, and it won't be until we get paper ballots on absolutely every race at every level and real voter ID that requires proof of citizenship to get it. Those are things we're going to have to insist on at at a most basic level before we have any integrity in our government again. Yeah. Now, I don't want to push you on more than you want to put out, um, but I was really troubled the other night. I was happy you mentioned it, but I was troubled the other night when you mentioned that you not only have this 2006 patent coming out of the Department of Defense to flip votes, which I I, I like to know, why does the Department of Defense need software to flip votes unless the Department of Defense through the intelligence community was working? And I don't know if that includes the like the director of national intelligence or I don't even know if that office was around at that time, but I don't know if that's military intelligence working to flip votes to either install a Marxist. I mean, I, before we found out what governor or what uh, general Milley saying about critical race theory and cozying up to China and all this other stuff, you, you wouldn't think that, but one has to wonder now, were they installing people that were pro-communist? Were they installing people that were anti-communist? Why does the department of defense need to develop software to flip votes? Uh, and, is there a connection at all to the intelligence, the larger intelligence arena? I, I think logic dictates that there's a strong relationship to the overall intelligence community. I, I would imagine it's not the entirety of the military. I think there's still integrity in, in parts of the military. I certainly hope so. But, uh, you know, I remember Chuck Schumer saying, you know, don't mess with the intelligence community. They will screw you six ways from Sunday. That's right. And obviously they have power and abilities that they should not have. Certainly they should not be able to alter any vote of any American anywhere, anytime, anyhow. But they now it's clear to me that they have the power and the ability to do that. I hate to think when, how, and where they have done it and who they have collaborated with to do it. But, I mean, they're just indications of intelligence community all over the operations that that we're uncovering in the vote fraud we've just witnessed here and, you know, all across the country. We're not turning blue. Seth Keschel's work shows you that the United States has been increasingly conservative. Virginia should be a conservative state. I think Trump even took California. So this notion that we're turning blue and and going more left as a whole of society is absolutely false. And we're not. 
Americans love freedom. We cherish our freedom. We cherish the God-given inalienable rights that are enshrined in our Constitution. And, and I don't know any real Americans that want that going away in any at all. No. But, you know, the, the left that's been gradually taking this power and has now come out so boldly and blatantly with it that they stuck it up our nose with a fork of fraud. Um, they've been doing this a long time, gradually, you know, increasing their their role in society at every level, whether it's in business or our universities and the, the Chinese communists have bought into every university in the country, stolen our secrets. That's another thing that's reflected in the documentary is Chinese spying uh, through a company in Florida that was working with NASA. There are, there are ties all over this and it all runs together. The COVID mess and the election issues and everything we're experiencing right now in this country is all wrapped up in one big ball of, of fraud and, and purity evil that is being heaped on us by this globalist cabal and the puppets it uses in our government to do what it wants to do. Absolutely. I want to go to another thing you dropped the other night, and that was patents that were, I think you said, done in 2005 by companies that eventually been were absorbed along the way and became some of the current voting companies we have today. And those patents, correct me if I'm wrong, was 2005. And those patents are also able to flip votes. Do I have that right? Yes, there are patents held by uh, people who are now with Dominion uh, that have been working on these processes as early as 2005, if not before. And they have carried through each stage of whatever the company's name has been from the time Smartmatic owned Sequoia on up to being with Dominion today. Why, again, I have to ask, why does a voting machine company need software and patents to flip votes? In fact, (laughs) let me add this. Wouldn't you want to avoid all appearance of evil or impropriety? For your company, I mean, if I were the marketing director of such a company, I my advice would be we're going to have nothing to do with that because if we want to be upright, have a good reputation and be working for the people, not political or have any appearance of evil, we don't want to have anything to do with that. We don't want to need records tied to patents of software that flips vote because we want to be an upstanding company that both Republicans and Democrats can trust to count votes so we get contracts with local, state, and federal governments. Wouldn't that just make common sense? You would want nothing to do with any of that? Yes. Well, you would think that if you were a fun, upstanding company and somebody accused you of running an algorithm that did that, you would immediately open your machines and produce your source code to trusted officials to make sure that nothing was wrong at all. But instead, what we've been met with at every turn is the biggest fight you can possibly imagine, lawfare at its worst against anyone who dared speak out and and suggest that there was an issue in this election, no matter how blatant the fraud has been with math and statistics and all the data that exists shows this election was fraudulent. There's much ado being made lately of polls showing the Republican candidate for governor in Virginia 
taking the lead there over the Democrat challenger. I'm not a big fan of polls. They're, they can and I believe usually are rigged just like our elections. But if our elections are rigged for the left, how is the Republican going to win unless he's a rhino Republican they want in or uh, that is Republican in name only <clears throat> or he's allowed to win to throw people off, uh, throw a bone to the public here to get the, the truth out of, so they won't want to keep pushing to get the truth out about uh, rigged elections? You may have heard about details of allegations of election fraud in another key swing state that decided the election for Biden, Wisconsin. Here's audio from a short video by another election integrity warrior, Patrick Byrne, former CEO of Overstock.com, which Byrne posted on his Telegram.org channel on October 29th and available through Locals.com. You have to be a member to uh, listen there. You can sign up for free. In this audio, Byrne discusses the fact that in Wisconsin, you can only apply for a mail-in ballot if you have what they call indefinitely confined status, such as being confined in a nursing home or hospital. Byrne's video is accompanied by a chart showing that in recent elections, that's 2016 and 2018, number of indefinitely confined status applications for mail-in ballots in Wisconsin was no more than 65,000, but in 2020 – the number of indefinitely confined voters who received mail-in ballots jumped to an astounding 265,000. This is just one more of the clear indications of election fraud in the swing states. Byrne asserts that people in the Wisconsin Election Commission and others who allegedly facilitated this huge increase in indefinitely confined mail-in ballots broke the law. But if true, and given the level of corruption we have seen, witness, we have been witnessing in our judiciary, will these people ever be brought to justice? Play sound by three, please. Hello, team. Uh, a complicated, intricate story to convey to you in under two minutes. Yesterday, the sheriff of Racine County, Wisconsin, a county just below Milwaukee, Wisconsin, came forward in a press conference and revealed a statewide election fraud he had unearthed. And how it worked is like this. How it can happen was a woman came forward whose mother had been in a nursing home and the, on the, and the gal looked up, did my mother vote or not? And it turned out that the mother had voted, which surprised the gal for a number of reasons. One, the mom had dementia, couldn't remember a president's name past Kennedy, hallucinated, etc. Two, the mom had died in the first week of October. So how does she vote on November 3rd? So she looked into it. And it turns out that the nursing home sent back letters saying we were instructed to have our staff help the patients fill things out. Well, that's a crime. And they were instructed by the state election officials and county election bureaucrats and stuff. Not now. Here's where it gets interesting. The Constitution is super crystal clear on this. The state legislators, legislatures set the manner and timing of elections. They say how it's going to run in each state. And in Wisconsin, the state legislature said nursing homes get visits from election officials, Dem- Democrat and Republican together. They go out, they go around, they sit with each person and they ask, you know, and, and they try to determine if they're how they wanted to vote. If they were uh, the, they, the state election bureaucrats of Wisconsin did not have the authority to overrule the legislature. That's and everybody who did this committed a crime. And if you look at the graph 
um, that's posted just next to this article, it looks like in normal years, the indefinitely confined of Wisconsin, about 60, 65,000 votes. What do you know? 2020, it shot to 265,000, an increase of 200,000 votes in a state. Biden won by 20,000. Hmm. Before we begin with developments in China, allow me to briefly discuss a couple of other noteworthy current events. The first is what New Mexico authorities say is actor-producer Alec Baldwin's accidentally killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounding director Joel Souza on the set of the Western movie Rust in New Mexico earlier this month. Baldwin is your typical Hollywood darling, known for his ongoing contempt for President Trump and for his left-wing, including Eddie Gunn, activism. Baldwin is well known for speaking out against firearm rights and the Second Amendment. Isn't, isn't it ironic that Baldwin, who disparages the right to own and legitimately use firearms, is portrayed again and again in his film films blazing away with guns in what I see as reckless Hollywood fashion? He supposedly was rehearsing a cross-draw with a prop gun and pointed the gun at a camera where Hutchins and Sousa were standing. The gun reportedly then misfired, and a bullet from it struck Hutchins fatally and wounded Sousa. Baldwin reportedly stated he thought he was handed a so-called cold gun that did not contain real ammunition. Baldwin apparently failed to check the gun himself. I'm no expert on firearms, but I was always taught the fundamentals of firearm safety include always assume all guns are loaded at all times with live ammunition. Never point a gun where you don't want it to fire at. Always keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. So much for gun safety in the movies. Moving on to the great pandemic of COVID-19, also known as coronavirus, it appears the disease is seeing a resurgence of late around the world. Many millions of people around the world have now been vaccinated against COVID-19 with the various vaccines that have been hastily produced to combat the global, this global pan- epidemic. <clears throat> but many thousands who have received the vaccine have also reportedly suffered injuries and even death as a result. COVID-19 is believed by numerous medical authorities and other observers to have been created in Wuhan, China at the Wuhan Institute of Virology run by the Chinese People's Liberation Army. At least part of the funding for the development of the COVID-19 virus is said to have come from the U.S. The medical establishments here in the USA and many other countries have long held that the only real hope for saving their populations from COVID-19 are widespread vaccinations, despite the occasional side effects and deaths that result. Here's audio of a recent video on One American News Network explaining the success in India of one of several alternative tre- alternative treatments for COVID-19. It's a drug called ivermectin. Please play soundbite four. Extreme media condemns the use of ivermectin. The most populated state in India just declared they are officially COVID-free after promoting widespread use of the safe, proven medicine. Here's One America's Pearson Sharp. Ivermectin is getting a pretty bad rap here in the United States, all over the Western world, really. And to be fair, that's probably for a good reason. I mean, it was developed in the 80s specifically for humans and was later found to be effective for treating animals as well, has been used safely for decades, 
has no known drug interactions, revolutionized healthcare in Africa and has saved millions of lives, won a Nobel Prize for its success treating humans in 2015, and is on the WHO's list of the safest, most effective medicines in the entire world. But sure, just repeat the leftist talking point, it's horse dewormer. The problem, as we've discussed, is that ivermectin is cheap and widely available, and it won't make Pfizer or Moderna $60 billion a year like selling the investigational vaccine will. But is there any evidence that it actually works to treat the coronavirus? Actually, yes, quite a lot, in fact. In India, in the state of Uttar Pradesh, which has a population of 240 million people, the government has been widely promoting the use of ivermectin to treat Wuhan virus patients. And instead of headlines reporting thousands and millions of deaths from deadly horse medicine, state leaders have just declared that Uttar Pradesh is now officially COVID-free. A region with nearly as many people as the entire United States is totally COVID-free. And the recovery rate in India, which no one in America seems to be talking about either, is 98.7%. So let's compare for a moment, because we might be able to make an important discovery here for public health. In India's state of Uttar Pradesh, just 5.8% of the population are fully vaccinated. In the United States, nearly 60% of Americans are fully vaccinated. In India's state, the rate of COVID positivity is 0.01%. In the United States, it's 7.6%. In India, they have 199 active COVID cases. In the U.S., we have nearly 130,000 new cases as of September 30th, and an average of more than 112,000 cases in just the last seven days. And in India, they're widely promoting the use of ivermectin to treat the China virus. In the United States, doctors will lose their medical license if they prescribe ivermectin, and our top so-called medical professionals dismiss the drug as nothing more than dewormer for barnyard animals. Do you see a connection here? And it's worth pointing out that Uttar Pradesh is India's most highly populated state where people are densely packed together, much more so than here in the U.S., and it's impossible to practice proper social COVID distancing. So what does all this tell us? That maybe, just maybe, there's something to the claims that ivermectin can and does work against the coronavirus. But no, instead, you have the high prophet of pharma, the good doctor, Anthony Fauci, condemning it, and even major news outlets running fake stories about how 70% of Mississippi's poison control calls are for people taking ivermectin. That story turned out to be totally false. Never happened. And the AP had to find a way to take their massive, jack-booted foot out of their mealy mouths and retract the story. Rather than saving lives, the political, medical, and media establishment are promoting false stories about a safe drug, claiming it will kill you and instead promoting an untested, unproven drug that actually is killing young, healthy people with no underlying conditions, like 13-year-old Jacob Clinic of Michigan, who died three days after receiving the vaccine from fatal heart inflammation, or paralyzing others, like 12-year-old Maddie DeGaray, who almost died after receiving her second dose of the Pfizer vaccine and can no longer move her legs and is bound to a wheelchair, or Jumainachi, an otherwise 
healthy woman who had no symptoms before getting vaccinated and who somehow came down with COVID immediately after getting the Pfizer vaccine and had to have both her legs and hands amputated. Why should we trust our health officials when they won't follow the science? Americans are being lied to. We're being told not to believe the facts that we can see with our own eyes while Big Pharma makes tens of billions of dollars profiting on the death and suffering of this pandemic. The simple truth is that our nation could open up today, like in India, without any need for more lockdowns, without the need for mandatory injections, without mask mandates for our children in school. All we have to do is follow the science. For One American News, I'm Pearson Sharp. Okay, now let's talk a little about the grave crisis the West is facing with communist China, which, among other things, is threatening to invade and take over Taiwan, which the Chinese Communist Party contends is a renegade province of the People's Republic of China. Of late, our president, Joe Biden, who critics call Beijing Biden due to his longstanding defense and promotion of communist China, and who, along with family members, has reportedly received tens of millions of dollars in direct payments from entities associated with the PRC, has surprisingly surprisingly lately been making statements reiterating the U.S.'s obligation to defend Taiwan against PRC aggression. After being so noncommittal while being urged to stand up to PRC bullying of Taiwan and other acts against the interests of the USA, it's unclear why Biden has suddenly had this apparent change of heart. But it's also just as unclear if Biden will actually do anything significant to aid Taiwan should it come to that. Here's a soundbite from one of conservative commentator Dick Morris's Lunch Alert podcast posted on his website, dickmorris.com, October 5, explaining how the U.S. has enormous financial leverage it can use against China if it chooses to. Play soundbite 5, please. As China becomes more blatantly aggressive in dealing with Taiwan and really threatening war that could easily go nuclear, it's important for us to realize that we have massive non-military economic leverage over China. First of all, our negative balance of trade with China is $350 billion. In other words, we buy $350 billion more from them than they buy from us. And when Trump increased tariffs on China by 25%, there was barely a ripple in the American economy, but it sent China into recession. If the U.S. were to double the tariffs, which we would exert enormous pressure, that would really be very serious for the Chinese economy. In addition, we pay China $40 billion a year in debt service payments. Now, China currently holds $1.1 trillion of American debt. So we're sitting on over a trillion of their money. And that gives us enormous leverage that we could use uh, to discipline them as they begin to move threateningly toward Taiwan. So there are enormous non-military resources we could call upon to stop the Chinese from invading Taiwan. You may be aware of recent reports in the media about communist China supposedly successfully testing a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile which could quickly reach anywhere in the world and neutralize our defenses. Since these reports were published, there, have been, there has been criticism of their accuracy, but the fact remains that the CCP is testing U.S. resolve everywhere. 
Here's a rather sobering discussion of the situation by Sean Hannity and his guests on his television program Hannity on Fox, October 20. Please play soundbite six. And breaking news out of China tonight after Beijing reportedly launching what is a hypersonic missile into orbit and one, by the way, that can carry nuclear weapons and mocking America's sense of, quote, strategic superiority. Now, while China is denying the report, this apparent nuclear capable space technology reportedly caught the U.S. intel community completely off guard. One source telling the Financial Times, we have no idea how they did this. The White House and circle back propagandists Jen Psaki saying they remain mostly mum, but we we welcome, quote, stiff competition. Really? You welcome the reunification of Taiwan, too? Uh, China is passing the U.S., Joe, on your watch. What are you going to do about it as they are increasingly targeting Taiwan, continue to talk about and threaten what they're calling reunification, flying their fighter jets over Taiwan airspace? And, of course, just another example of Biden projecting his utter weakness on the world stage and sending a message, not just to our adversaries, all our allies as well, that the United States of America is asleep and in retreat. Don't take my word for it. Just listen to former Obama Defense Secretary Robert Gates saying that Biden has gotten pretty much uh, everything wrong on foreign policy. Take a look. You wrote Joe Biden was a man of integrity. Still, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. I think he's gotten a lot wrong. You're talking all through the years as vice president. He opposed every one of Ronald Reagan's military programs to uh, contest the Soviet Union. He opposed the first Gulf War. That list goes on. But you think he made a mistake in Afghanistan in the way he handled the withdrawal? Yes. Here with reactions, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, South Carolina. Senator, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I hear we welcome the stiff competition and we're watching now hypersonic missiles that have nuclear capability being fired around the globe and talk of reunification with China and Chinese fighter jets flying over Taiwan airspace. Joe does nothing. Uh, Why should why should the Chinese fear Joe Biden? I don't see any reason why they would. Well, what does it matter to the people at home listening to this program if, in fact, the Chinese have developed a hypersonic missile that can deliver a nuclear weapon? It's a military game changer when it comes to uh, nuclear forces. We've allowed the Chinese to leapfrog us, and we're we're going to have to do one of two things, get them to stand down. And I don't know how Joe Biden convinces anybody to stand down. And if they don't stand down, we're going to have to develop a capability to neutralize this and what up China. So when you have the Joe Biden greatest hit list, broken border, rise of terrorism, rampant inflation, you can now put on the list a nuclear arms race with China, which we're losing. Weakness breeds aggression. And I'm going to ask the, the Senate leadership, Schumer and McConnell, to brief the entire body on whether or not this story is true. If this is true, the Chinese have developed this capability. It's the biggest game changer in the last 40 years when it comes uh, to our nuclear uh, Well, Let's let's look at this from China's point of view. They already compromised the Bidens. I'm sure if Libya knew all about Hunter's drug addiction and and proclivity and love of, of prostitutes, I'm sure that 
communist Chinese know even more. So I think the family's compromised. A billion five is a lot of money with the Bank of China. But it's 78 days, Senator, since Joe Biden promised not to abandon Americans in Afghanistan. It's 65 days since he abandoned them. It's 45 days since he's ever mentioned them. You tell me if if the communist Chinese are watching Joe Biden abandon his own citizens after promising not to in Afghanistan, why would Joe Biden lift a finger to help Taiwan? I conclude he wouldn't. Well, if I meant to. Well, I think the Chinese are testing him at every corner. And every day we allow the Iranians to get more provocative without pushing back. Every day we allow Americans to be in the hands of the Taliban. Every day that al-Qaeda gets stronger. You know, the Taliban told us apparently they have no interest and will not cooperate in terms of regulating al-Qaeda's presence in Afghanistan. They basically told us to go to hell. So the Chinese are watching. The Iranians are watching. And here's what Iran's watching. Well, you know what? You blinked when it came to uh, to Afghanistan. You turned the place over to terrorism. Um, I'm well, worried that the but, uh, Iranians but, but, there are going to develop Senator, a nuclear you're, capability. You're forgetting a critical point is they've already given the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan $65 million. They are negotiating. They're saying right. they're businesslike and professional and negotiating aid for the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan while we still have Americans yeah. and green card holders and allies caught behind enemy lines. Where I grew up, Senator, probably a lot different than when you grew up in a far more genteel <laughs> South Carolina. But in New York, we call that right. ransom and we call that a shakedown. Yeah. Exactly. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a provocative Iran. Now, I worry a lot about Israel. We, they may be left to deal with Iran by themselves because why wouldn't the Iranians try to break out and have a nuclear weapon and hold the whole world hostage? If it's true that the Chinese Communist Party has leapfrogged us in terms of nuclear technology, uh, then, then God help us all. What is Joe Biden doing? You welcome the competition? You don't say that. You tell China, stand down or you'll regret this. And did he say stand down? No. He says we welcome competition. No, we do not welcome the Chinese Communist Party with a hypersonic uh, missile that can hit the American homeland and neutralize all of our defenses. I don't welcome that. With nuclear capability. Yeah. Okay. Great job, Joe. Yes. And how did the intel people not know? Senator, thank you. No question that with the election of Beijing Biden, we are facing unprecedented challenges today in terms of our national security, as well as internally, particularly with the terrifying prospect of a rogue shadow government clandestinely supporting communist China and the political left here in the United States, and manipulating our elections to empower the left to take over the country and transform it forever. What can we do to stop and turn around this disaster befalling us? Priority number one must be taking back control of our elections. Without free and fair elections, our country is gone, and we will fast become enslaved to the wishes of the communists and the supporters among the rich and powerful in our society. This support of the left is all the more shocking since these same fabulously wealthy individuals and corporations, most of them with lucrative investments in China, will likely, given the history of totalitarianism, be stripped of their wealth and power under the communist dictatorship they seem so aggressively – they seem to be so aggressively promoting. But as I keep repeating, as the first communist dictator of the Soviet Union, Vladimir Lenin said, when it comes time to hang the capitalists, 
they'll sell the communists the rope. Be sure to tune in to Mike Lindell's Election Integrity Telephone over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Well, actually, it'll be done before that, I think, but they're saying it's starting on the 23rd of November, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving in the morning. And support in any way you can those brave and dedicated patriots fighting to take back control of our elections, such as signing a petition urging the Supreme Court to accept Lindell's lawsuit, which you can do on frankspeech.com. That's it for another show. As always, we hope you found the content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted on the Jim Benson Show page at bbsradio.com in the next few days. Look for us again in this same time slot two weeks from today. Have a great rest of your day and evening.